Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. Bill Michael Show. We continue on in uh, talking some college basketball. Joining us now, our guy that uh, we go to more often than not, uh, Mike DeCourcy, the Big Ten Network. Uh, always great to talk to you. Mike, how you doing? I'm okay, Bill. How are you? We are good. I uh, l- Let me start off by asking you, give me your thoughts on uh, the Badgers because a lot of people here yesterday, frustration, it didn't play well, turned the ball over, didn't shoot well. But I also kept thinking to myself, they weren't even supposed to be here. Most people were picking them pretty low in the Big Ten to begin with. So I think they had a pretty successful season. Give me your thoughts. Well, I, I, I might have had a different outlook if they had gotten through that game healthy and hadn't lost their second most important player and played as, as poorly as they did yesterday. But that didn't happen. Um, they were probably the thinnest good team in America. I, I talked about this on BTN multiple occasions. Uh, that that they had five and six when Chris Vogt was playing, and that was about it. And they we started to see a little bit of light from some of the other guys uh, toward the end, but they never really had a second point guard. And Chucky was Chucky was holding it all together. I mean, he uh, and and of course Johnny Davis was clearly not himself either because of the excessive de- defensive attention or because his ankle didn't feel quite right. He was not the same player the last two weeks or so, two and a half, whatever the, whatever the time frame is. But they, they, there was no way that they were going to be elite without Chucky Hepburn playing thirty, way more than 30 minutes. And, of course, that didn't happen yesterday. And so is it disappointing that it ended the way it did? Sure. But it, but it, it still was kind of a miraculous season when you consider – where they were at the start of the year, what people expected, how Johnny developed, you know, uh, and and how Chucky uh, filled that void at, at the most important position on the floor. Talk about uh, the Big Ten in general. Obviously, uh, the representation to this point, not great. Uh, nine teams in, two remaining. Michigan, I think, is is played about as gritty basketball as you can possibly play, and obviously Purdue uh, gets past Texas. Uh, but uh, the, the rest of it, you know, it was going to be a battle with uh, Izzo and Krzyzewski, and I understand all of that. But give me the overall look at uh, the Big Ten right now. Well, I, I think what's amazing is, like, look, if you put 32 Big Ten teams in there and they're all seated nine or lower, they're all seated to lose. And now, that's not what happened. I'm, but my point is the number, the volume of teams in terms of the, 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 uh, the performance, oh, they only have two out of nine. Well, yeah, they were, they were only supposed to have four. And they got two of them. And the other two, uh, one was Wisconsin, we talked about. And the other was, was Illinois, which... I mean, they clearly were, were, were struggling, and, and it's unfortunate for them. They also were impacted by injury. I mean, there are a lot of teams run, still running around out there. They haven't had guy miss you know, a game, uh, you know, and, and sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't, and it's not because the Big Ten's more physical or any of that stuff. It's just stuff happens. I mean, uh, Chucky Hepburn basically played every game, and then he gets into a, uh, into a game against the Big 12 team, and it just happens. Uh, Andre Curbelo's circumstance, uh, the, the injury that cost him the first, almost the first two months of the season, um, you know, that didn't happen against Big Ten competition. And it just, you know, it just happened. And, and it, reintroducing him to the lineup was a struggle. And, and, and a lot of it was him, and some of it was just circumstance. 
uh, you know, yesterday in in what was the most important game he'd played in since Loyola a year ago, he came out and and try you know and after all the things that he'd seen fail over the previous two weeks, he came out and did them again or did think different versions of them, and it's like, well, come on, man, you got to catch on at some point, and then ultimately, uh, I when when they were getting hurt defensively and he would have been the best option. Uh, Brad Underwood didn't trust him to put him back in, and I think that that hurt them. And and so it, it's partly uh, partly Andre's fault for not coming out in a game like that and being, you know, uh, on his you know on his best game. Not you know he tried too many uh, risky plays. After all the risky plays he had tried for the previous two three weeks, so many had failed. So it's not the game where you do that. You got to go out there and be solid, and and he chose not to. The uh, the, the tournament itself. It used to be, it, Mike. I remember years ago, you could pretty much just go with the higher seeds all the way through, and it is what it is. Anymore, man, it it doesn't matter. You look at a team like St. Peter's. You've got teams in there that just you know Miami beating Auburn. I mean, anybody can beat anybody. Iowa State obviously over Wisconsin. You, you look at these teams, Richmond ends up beating Iowa of all teams after they end up winning the Big Ten tournament. It's not the same, you know, it's not the same easy tournament to pick anymore, right? Well, it's, it somewhat depends on the year, but I do think that we don't see teams that grow up together and become dominant in the way that we did in the past. I mean, if you if you put a team together, and, and, and it really, I mean, if you think about it, one of the last teams we saw like that was, was the 2015 Badgers. I mean that team grew up together, and, and Frank got better and became and and went from being a really good player as a junior to being a dominant player as a senior, and uh, and and Bronson Koenig uh, became a terrific point guard, and that was a team that was impacted by injury as well. Uh, you know, so it it you you never can be sure what's going to happen, even with your best teams. I mean Trayvon Jackson got hurt that year, and that's when Bronson had to step in at, as the regular point guard. And, 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 and that changed the nature of the team, but it didn't change it necessarily for the worst because Bronson did such a great job. Uh, but that's, you don't see those kinds of teams anymore, uh, teams with veteran guys who've been around together. Now you have veteran teams, teams with, teams with veterans, but like that was something that they were clamoring for. Some of the fan base had been clamoring for at Kentucky. They, they, they were tired of the one-and-done thing because it wasn't getting to the Final Four anymore. They need to get older. Well, they got older, but that didn't necessarily make them better. I mean, they, they still were a flawed team, and it's hard to get, put together a a complete mature team when you never know whether a player is going to be with you for the next year. The uh, There's a lot of talk about Johnny Davis uh, not coming back. Where do you think he goes in the NBA draft? Well, he'll definitely go in the lottery, you know, presuming that's what he wants to do, and I, I, I mean, I'd be shocked if he didn't, but – um, players sometimes surprise you, but I think, you know, I, I don't think the last couple of weeks helped him, but if he, if he heals and gets, gets, you know, rested and all that, and then he goes out and, and, and tests for them, uh, they'll see how, how explosive he is. If they put him in workouts, which they will, of course, you don't spend a top 10 pick. I mean, when they see what he can do in terms of inventing shots and all of that sort of stuff, I mean, that's what was missing over the last couple of weeks, the, his ability to create in the air. Uh, that it wasn't there, and that's why I do think that he wasn't completely healthy over over that stretch. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a very fine NBA player. Uh, I would, you know, if I had my choice of the of the uh, of the Big Ten guys, 
in the draft, I would probably go with Jaden Ivey first and Keegan Murray second and Johnny third, but I think all of them are going to be terrific. We saw Duke advance. Obviously, Gonzaga, Arkansas gets there uh, up in the western bracket, and and then you start to look around the rest of the brackets. Who's got, uh, I don't want to say the best matchups and the easiest path because I don't think any of them are easy, but of the remaining, uh, who do you like? Well, I, you know, I think that I, I, I like Arizona all along, and I think it has helped them to have um, Tennessee taken out of their region. And, and I, I know all of a sudden now, this is interesting, the phenomenon. I mean, Houston played really well against Illinois yesterday. I mean, that, that was the second team, second tournament, uh, I'm sorry, the third tournament team they'd beaten all year. Uh, the other one was the two days before against UAB, and the other one was four days before that in the AAC title game against Memphis. And so now, all of a sudden, because they got a high Ken Palm rating and they and they and they beat a you know a flawed Illinois team yesterday, now they're like everybody's like acting like they got Elvin Hayes again. Like they're really good and they and they try really hard and they play hard and all that, but they're not a great team. I mean, they're not a great team just because Ken Palm has a high number on them. Because if they were a great team, they wouldn't have been two and three prior to the tournament against the only teams that even looked like tournament teams in their league, Memphis and SMU. Uh, so they, they did a really nice job over the weekend, and they're in the Sweet 16. And for a team that lost two, two of their top five scorers before Christmas to a season-ending injury, they did a phenomenal job. Um, but Arizona is still the best team in this deal. Uh, they were a little wounded yesterday. Again, point guard injury, Kirk Creasa. He played. He wasn't good yesterday. Uh, he's had bad games before when he was healthy, and uh, and he was clearly a, an inferior player to TCU's Mike Miles. But he's going to have to play better than that. Whether it's against Houston or in the uh, in the uh, regional championship game, he's going to have to get better. They they can't they can't survive that that many performances by their point guard that are at that level. Give me your thoughts on uh, what, what Mick Cronin's done with UCLA and, and uh, the way he's kind of, I don't want to say turned it around, but for lack of a better term, kind of turned it around. they got a big one coming up oh, against North Carolina. Trust me, it's turned around, Bill. I, I was at a game that Cincinnati, when Mick was coach, coaching Cincinnati in 2018-19 season, when UCLA came uh, to uh, Fifth Third Arena in Cincinnati to play the Bearcats. And I, this is a true story. Um, they were the Bearcats were winning by so many points. It was such an embarrassment that with 11 minutes left in the game, Cronin told his guys to run the shot clock on every possession. With 11 minutes left, that's how far away they were. That's how far ahead they were. That was UCLA basketball in 2018-19, and that was why they moved on. And everybody thought they were, uh, you know, they're going to get a big name and all that. And Cronin just sat there and waited his, his time, and, and eventually they realized that he was the best candidate who would take the job. And he's done a wonderful job with the players that he has. They, they, they started slow. It, it didn't adapt well to him his first year and nearly won the conference championship. And then last year, you know, made the Final Four after a rough end to their regular season. And this year, I, you know, I heard someone um, on the Field of 68 podcast who said that they thought that uh, that there was a, a sense of that they were just ready for the tournament, that this team was, had been around so much. And, you know, once the conference tournament, I mean, once the conference regular season title was out of reach, that they, that they sort of uh, shifted down a little bit, lost, you know, lost their, their edge. Well, I mean, I think that edge is back. They were tremendous on Saturday against St. Mary's. 
Uh, you know, they did the job in their opener as well. And this is going to be a hard challenge for them. Carolina has played some really great basketball of late. Their, their games against Baylor and Duke were as good as good as games as just about anybody's played, at least for the segments of time in which Carolina was great. In in you know in in the uh, case of Saturday against Baylor, they were great for the first 30 minutes. And in the case of the Duke game uh, at Duke on the final day of the regular season, they were great for the last 10. Uh, but they were able to be overwhelming in those segments and able to produce victories as a result. So not going to be easy uh, in, for UCLA in their next game. Mike, it's always great to chat with you, pal. I appreciate it. And we'll touch base again down the road, okay? You bet, Bill. Thank you. Thanks so much, buddy. There you go. Mike DeCourcy from Big Ten, uh, analyst there. Also at TSN, Mike is where you can get him. And Mike's been around a long time covering college basketball. He's just a a really good dude in many respects. So I always love to get him on the program and appreciate his time as well. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Albanese's Roadhouse. A reminder, coming up this Friday, can you please, if you could put it on your calendar, and maybe a reminder or something like that that I can, uh, you know, throw to you. Uh, coming up this Friday, 5 to 7, we're going to be at Albanese's Roadhouse, 5 to 7 p.m. Myself, Gina Della from Pella, we are going to be behind the bar coming up this uh, this Friday, 5 to 7. And the reason we're going to be there is because we're going to be uh, collecting tips and donations for a great charity called Special Spaces. They create these these beautiful bedrooms for these kids with cancer and uh, it's just a really neat thing to be a part of so if you can join us coming up albanese's roadhouse 2301 blue mound road it's in waukesha right next to menards in waukesha next to menards across from the home depot it's albanese's roadhouse and a terrific italian food but more so can you come in we're going to bartend uh from five o'clock until seven o'clock coming up this friday we hope to see you there. It's going to be a really fun event, a really fun time, So, and, and obviously for a really tremendous cause. So if you can join us for a happy hour, come in and get a, a beverage, maybe a little something to eat, or just come in and drop off a donation. It's going to be a really fun time. So please come out and join us, won't you? Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you on hour number two, the Bill Michaels Show. Badgers out of the tournament. Welcome to all of you on the network. We certainly appreciate it. If you want to get a hold of the program, 877-867-1670. Find us over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. You can find us on YouTube as well. Subscribe, as uh, many people do uh, over on YouTube. Love that. Uh, And watch the program there. You can uh, check us out on YouTube simply by going to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show, youtube.com slash Bill Michaels, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S Show. You can find us on Twitch TV as well. Email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. That's thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Also find us on Spotify. 
Find us on uh, on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there as well. Just look up The Bill Michael Show. Plenty of ways to stay in touch with the program. Should you like to put it in your pocket and take it with you. Good stuff. Um, the, the Badgers out of the tournament. We've spent the last hour talking about that, and we're going to hear from Mike DeCourcy coming up here towards the last hour of the program. However, the Green Bay Packers, last we talked, Devontae Adams was off to Las Vegas. Building a house there. He's hanging out with Derek Carr, all that kind of good stuff. And in addition to that, you have then got Rasul Douglas, Robert Tanyan, both re-signed with the Green Bay Packers. So Packers making those moves. The defensive secondary, for the most part, you get your ear back. You're, you know, barring injury, you're pretty set, right? You're pretty set. Still talking to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Kevin King's gone. We would assume that. They're working on Shandon Sullivan. What else? What else needs to be done? Because as it stands right now, as it stands right now, your offensive line is David Bakhtiari, Royce Newman, Josh Myers, Yash Nyman, John Runyon. You've got Elton Jenkins that uh, you should be getting back at some point in the season, provided that that knee of his heals up okay. Remember, David Bakhtiari, he was supposed to be back and wasn't back at all because it just too many ailments when it came to that knee and too many issues. You probably need another or two. Offensive lineman, you have Cole Van Lannan, another one that I failed to mention. Uh, Dennis Kelly, who you brought in as a veteran backup, most likely not going to be back with the team. But that, that's what you're looking at. Robert Tanyan is back. Mercedes Lewis is there. Josiah DeGuara. Your tight end position, if Tanyan is back and Tanyan can play the way Tanyan can play. Okay, now he gets more open looks because... You had Devontae on one side and whomever on the other, whether it was Lazard or MBS or Equinemius St. Brown or whatever. But you've had a pretty good departure out of your wide receiving core. You got about $22 million to play with. If you restructure a little bit more, maybe get down once you get your uh, Jair Alexander done. You're hoping to get him done. But you've got some room right now. You would like to find defensive line depth between you, me, and the fence post. Dean Lowry and Kenny Clark, they're okay. Kenny Clark's really good. Dean Lowry's average to above average. Tyler Lancaster, he is a work dog. He is a a blue-collar, lunch-pail dude, but he's a dude. T.J. Slayton. He had a couple of moments, but there were a lot of times he got his ass handed to him. He suddenly learned what it was like to play big boy football. I don't know what he's going to amount to. He's kind of like that that question mark right now. Because you would see every now and then you'd be like, wow, okay, TJ Slayton, good for you. And then he was gone. He was being pushed five yards down the field. He was being collapsed. He's on his he's on the ground. He just he he would just disappear. 
So you're kind of like, okay, I don't know what to make of him. So defensively, this, this is my thought, okay? This is what's next for the Green Bay Packers, my thought. you got to find a veteran wide receiver. you got to. you got to find a veteran wide receiver. Then the draft, you're going to figure out what you can do in the draft and get a receiver or two, okay? A receiver or two. And, uh, by the way, uh, the Packers are being associated with this kid from Alabama, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the kid from Alabama who tore his uh, ACL in the national title game, he's not going to be available to you. Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams, thank you very much. He's not going to be available. He's not going to play this year. Now you have to ask yourself, do you want to get what possibly could be the wide receiver of the future? But if you're building for the here and the now, that's not the way to go. Taking a guy with an ACL with a first over or the first round pick might not be the way to go. It it sends mixed messages. Are you going for it or are you not going for it? What are you doing? What are you doing? Unless maybe not this coming season, even though you feel like you can compete, but the next season would be the season. So I, I it would send mixed messages to me. You need a veteran wide receiver. You need another wide receiver in the draft. Whether you jump up to get him, we'll see. Whether it's a guy like Alave, who they talked to uh, for quite some time at the Combine, we'll wait and see. And then uh, I think what you do is you're all in on defense. You're all in on defense. You need a veteran wide receiver. You need more. And don't forget, you're going to still have June 1st cutdowns, you know, for those veterans that aren't going to get uh, those uh, those additional bonuses. So the June 1st cutdown date, that'll also come around. You may get a guy or two that's on the open market. But you need probably a couple of wide receivers. You need an additional offensive lineman. And after that, it is all defense all the time. You need pressure up front. You need outside rush. You need more depth in the secondary. That's what you need. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. Agree or disagree? Agree or disagree? If I had to prioritize right now, my my, if I'm Brian Gutekinds, now these things can happen simultaneously, but if I've got a priority list, I'm looking at my dry erase board right now, my whiteboard. Number one, Jay Alexander. Long-term deal, get some additional money back. And maybe three, four, five million bucks because that's going to help you with signing your rookies, Okay. So, okay, that's my number one priority. Number two, trade for a veteran wideout. Trade something. You've got, what, how many picks? Nine, 10, 11 picks? Trade. Make a deal. Make a deal. Get a veteran wideout. Now, the one thing, and I heard this from Mike Tannenbaum earlier today, if you want to go after a quality wide receiver, that's a veteran, 
the one thing you're going to have to take into account, there might be guys that might not want to come here. And I know that's kind of blasphemy, but it's true because nobody knows how long Rodgers is going to be here. You got to be leaving a really bad situation to want to come to Green Bay for possibly one or two years with Aaron Rodgers. Think about that. Because you may not get guys, veterans, that are going to want to come here. They're going to say, "Why?" look, Devontae wanted to leave. He knows the writing on the wall. He wanted to leave. Rodgers, he's, you know, he. the only thing that was definite going into the offseason was that he was going to clean out his colon. And then he wasn't sure what he wanted to do. Right? So you don't know if Rodgers is here this year, the next two, the next three. You know what it's going to be. You don't know. Right? So you may not get guys to come here that easily. But the one thing you do know is you have to continue to bolster that defense. 877-867-1670. Ricky says draft Sky Moore. From uh, Western Michigan. Um, Rocky says, draft Burks from Arkansas with pick 22. Merlin says, saw an article that talked about uh, Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver from Penn State for Green Bay. Won't he be gone by then unless they trade up? There's going to be some jockeying, or you go with a guy like Julio Jones. I See, Julio Jones got cut outright. Now, maybe it was for money. I, 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 I'd have to go back and look, but... Julio Jones just didn't have it. Now, if you put Julio... Now, remember also, there's two things to Julio Jones. One is, yeah, he's a veteran. He's got a name, okay? I still don't think Julio Jones is the answer. He's a veteran. He, he's probably got some savvy, all right? But also, he has been just nothing but banged up in the latter portion of his career. He's just not... He's not that guy. He's just not. I, I think he's way past his prime. Others, because of his name, they want to live off of that. But I think Julio Jones is way past his prime. Way past his prime. That's just my opinion. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Please feel free. Love to hear from you. 877-867-1670. I think, uh, no, I'm not. Uh, William says, is DK Metcalf a pipe dream? I believe so. I believe so. Uh, that's been tossed around a lot, but it's been tossed around a lot by fans. Has anybody of ilk said that DK Metcalf is a true possibility out of... Um, out of, uh, out of uh, Seattle? Has anybody brought that up as like a legit rumor? Because, I mean, I get people that say they heard it, but where did you hear it? That's what I want to know. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you go on and on. I, I DK Metcalf would be great to see in a Packers uniform, but I just don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to part with him. 
And if they are, what are they going to want in return? He was a second-round draft choice who's become first-round talent. 877-867-1670. TMZ had something about Leroy Butler calling for it. Oh, okay, well, that's that's not happening. But that's what I'm saying. Has, has, has there been anybody calling for it? It's one thing. The other thing is, has anybody said that they're in talks for this? And I haven't heard that. And I'm not denying that it couldn't, couldn't happen because it, it, anything can happen. But I just don't think that's going to happen. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Coming up, though, we're going we're gonna to veer away back from this, go back into some, uh, some Badger chatter. We want to talk with Ben Wargel. We're going to talk a little about, uh, about the end of the Badger season. And then we'll get back into all of this. So stay tuned. Stick around. We've got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program being brought to you by our friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort. At the Four Seasons Island Resort up in Pembine, Wisconsin. What you need to do, get a hold of our girl Barb. I was just the other day going back and forth with her on Facebook. And a lot of people are hearing this. A lot of people are going there for the very first time. It's the historic place where Al Capone used to go when he used to have his mob meetings and such. It's a little bit of haunting up there as well. They've got great weekends, wine weekends coming up, Mother's Day brunch coming up. They've got all kinds of getaway stuff that they're putting out there right now. All you got to do is get a hold of Barb. Barb at the Four Seasons, WI.com. Get a hold of Barb, B A R B, Barb at the Four Seasons. WI.com, the four seasons, WI.com. Go there. It's a tremendous place on the island. Set up your golf weekend coming up in the summer months. Still got time to get in and maybe a little snowmobiling. And if not, get the four by fours, the UTVs, the ATVs, get them all together. Head up to the four seasons. Got a lot of paths up there as well to hang out on and ride and drive. It, it's a really, really fun time. You've heard me talk about it. A bunch. Again, the four seasons, WI.com. Get a hold of our girl, Barb. She'll give you the hookup. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.